2: Hey boys and girls, you're listening to the Chad and Cheese Podcast, HR's Most Dangerous. This is your co-host, Joel, the Barry White of Recruiting, Cheeseman. And this is
1: Chad, Undisclosed Location
2: So Wash. And on this week's show, life is hard for a Russian gig worker. Forecast for recruiting conferences, cloudy with a chance of rain, and a little buy or sell. Yes. Let's do this. <laughs> How's life, Chad? It's good. Is it treating you okay right now? Is it treating you okay? Yeah, sunny, beaches, those types of things. Sounds awful. (laughs) So where in the world are you, Mr. Undisclosed Location?
1: We are back in Portugal uh, trying to get a deal done, but that's all I'm going to get into right now because I don't want to fucking jinx it. (laughs)
2: Listeners will know Chad's been playing real estate mogul in uh, Portugal, so there must be a deal in the works that he doesn't want to jinx. ah, But he will keep us informed i'm betting before st patrick's day some gets done i'm betting there's a celebratory st patrick's day at the portuguese <laughs> irish pub that will happen next week
1: you've got to remember we are in europe and nothing happens fast in europe we're in <laughs> we're in portugal which is incredibly uh-huh. laid back and cool and such an awesome vibe again knock on wood not going to jinx it. But the St. Patrick's Day party at the Irish pub in Portugal is
2: a sure bet. Oh, though, that's right? going to
1: happen. Yeah, that's definitely. Yeah, yeah. Julie yeah. and I have already yeah. been talking about what, uh, <laughs> what Irish pubs we should hit up while we're here. Yeah. By the way, I think this is the first year
2: that our show recording happens on a St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> Jesus. Listener be warned. Who knows what the hell is going to happen in, in next week's show?
1: I will be a few deep. There's no question. Yeah. It might be a Wednesday night
2: <laughs> recording show, although that's late for you. I don't know. We'll see what happens, folks. We'll see what happens. But for now, we're here. It's another week. And we have shout
1: up. Yes. Out. And, and to get into, not to get too somber, but hey, it is what it is, right? We are seeing atrocities daily in Ukraine. I mean, mm-hmm. la- just yesterday, a maternity hospital was bombed. And uh, most people, the ones who actually feel helpless right now, uh, you know, they yeah. want to do something. They don't know how to do something. So how can we actually do something? I mean, we can't buy guns and ship them to Ukraine, for God's sakes. If, if I could, I would have already at least Put some money into a javelin missile but uh there is something we can do yep let me introduce you to andrew stetsenko he's the chief relocation officer at relocate.me and andrew a ukrainian is on the battlefield mm-hmm. today he's an entrepreneur he was once a recruiter but now he's on the cold ass battlefield of Ukraine fighting for his country's freedom. So here's how you can help out there. Kids Mm -hmm. go to chad click on the Ukraine flag. I put a big ass Ukraine flag on the, on the uh, homepage. Yeah, you can't miss it. (laughs) Yeah, you can't miss it. And uh, it'll lead to Andrew's funding page where he's collecting cash to buy winter military clothing for every man, woman, and in some cases, children. Mm -hmm. who are defending Ukraine against Russian atrocities. That's chadcheese.com. Click the Ukrainian flag and give, give, give. I actually donated 200 euros yesterday. So that's the bar, kids. Go meet it. And if you've never been on a battlefield in cold before – it is a, an entirely different kind of cold, mm. uh, bone-numbing kind of cold. Let's keep them warm so they can get done what needs to get done. No clue how I follow that in shout-outs, but uh, I'm <laughs> going to give it a try.
2: Let's go to Eightfold, shall we? That uh, That's a good follow-up to that. With the
1: unicorn, yeah.
2: Yeah, you know, Chad, we give a lot of airtime to AI, uh, mostly how it's just a label on websites mm. to help yep. separate companies from their money. But Fast Company thinks at least one company in our space deserves some love. Uh Eightfold was named by the once mighty magazine as one of their 10 most innovative companies in the world saying, quote, based on analysis of a billion careers and a million skills, eightfold recommends mentors, projects and internal jobs to each employee within an organization, helping to steer them in the direction they have to go, whether it's a promotion or a pivot into a new role end quote. So for what it's worth, Fast Company
1: thinks Eightfold has some real AI and put them in their top 10 list. Yeah, I think they should continue to write articles around something they know something about uh (laughs) they're they're suckers which i mean eightfold if eightfold is good at anything it's marketing they are awesome at marketing they're fucking they have the glitz the glam the ui you they've got all the u's right Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day yeah i i think that's just uh that's a boneheaded uh top 10
2: yeah it won't be uh Fast Company's last mistake, if it is indeed a mistake, <laughs> we, we sure all make mistakes. Twenty years to their yeah. list of top ten innovative companies, Theranos is probably in there, <laughs> which is great. If you have Hulu, I'm going to give a, a recommendation that uh-huh. uh, the dropout about yes. the Theranos story is is pretty pretty damn good. If we're yep. making recommendations there.
1: And if you like podcasts, the the dropout, that's where the Hulu version oh, yeah. actually came from, the podcast itself. Um, I have not heard
2: the podcast. of
1: you? I started, yes, the actual, okay. the just the first episode. So it sounds good. So go check it out. It is good. Uh, last week, we talked about Adzuna, sponsor mm-hmm. our friends over at Adzuna, ceasing business in Russia. And this week's European episode is actually entitled, Get Ready Kids, the pullout method, where we dig deep into <laughs> oh, big no. brands pulling biz ops from Russia as well. Well, just this week, Indeed disabled their Russian site and also disabled all jobs from Russian military slash state owned enterprises. So, this is a shout out to Indeed. It's gr- hell yeah! Thanks for joining the party. That's awesome. Very nice. Very nice. Well, a few more
2: party goers. Not in terms of pulling out, which, by the way, got a lot of love from our fans uh, <laughs> for that title. Well done. Um, Forbes has a, a list of best startup employers, and a few of our friends uh, made the list. So Seek Out, Touring, and Deal, that's mm-hmm. E on deal, made the top 50. Co-founder and CEO, our buddy Anoop Gupta. Said, quote, from the moment we started Seekout, people have been our first priority and foundation to our success. End quote. Shout out to the best startup list for
1: employers on the Forbes. I'm a fan of all those three. Uh, really interesting that Eightfold didn't make that list. <laughs> I didn't get past the top 100. They,
2: they might be further down the <laughs> list. I don't know. I don't know. But top 50 is pretty good for three of our industry friends.
1: Not too shabby.
2: Also in that list, uh, because we love lists, Chad, uh, the T.A. Tech top 100. What? T.A. Thought Leaders is out. And for some reason, huh. you and I are both on the list again this year. Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking <laughs> crazy pills. They're still using my pick from 2014. So I look marvelous. I look great. <laughs> I look great. Thanks, T.A. Tech. Thanks, T.A. Tech. Is that it for shout outs? Nope, I got uh, Go nationwide ahead. Nationwide Insurance, Chad. Okay, a fine Columbus, Ohio company. The company announced this week it's raising its minimum pay to twenty-one dollars per hour effective April fourth. The change will impact six hundred employees and all new early career roles. The company had raised its minimum pay to eighteen dollars last year and had raised it to sixteen dollars in two thousand eighteen. Shout out to them, and of course, Chad, we got a yes. shout out to Free Shit. Yes. If you haven't signed up for free stuff from us, you got to go to chatcheese.com backslash free. We're giving away t shirts from Emissary, beer from our friends at Pillar, and whiskey from our friends at Tex Kernel. So this month we have winners. Our whiskey winner goes to Kristen Urban, and Ooh. our beer winner goes to Beth Dunlop. So, ladies, thank you for letting us destroy your livers. Those shipments will be coming soon.
1: Well, that's nicely done. It's it's Women's History Month. And we've got a couple of females actually winning, so that's a good job. That's awesome. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll see them at events. Don't forget, kids, we've got the e-recruitment Congress coming up May 6th in Belgium. If you are in Europe, buy a ticket, get your ass there. And then also, after that, later in the month, Unleash America. May 25th and 26th in vegas it's gonna be a good time oh yeah and instead of just giving you a bunch of different urls just go to Chadcheese.com, click on events and all the info is right there kids check it out
2: keep it simple for our listeners chad keep it simple and we have birthdays birthdays who can forget birthdays our buddy kyle hager celebrates another year around the sun as well as millennial Yes, our millennial listener. Uh, yes, our, our figurehead <laughs> he runs for the millennial. millennial generation. Mel Scatson, celebrates a birthday. Yeah. Robert Williams, Tracy Morris, Riley Northam, my niece. I threw her her in there. That's her birthday today. Leanne Chase, Dean DaCosta, sourcing guru, mm-hmm. Bruce Gee, Amanda Hahn at View, who I'm sure loved last week's show. Uh, oh, I did. I loved the it. the title. Uh, and Ryan Estes, formerly of NAS, all celebrate birthdays. Congratulations. Congratulations to all of them. And thanks for listening to the Chat and Cheese podcast.
1: Topics.
2: All right. Let's go back to Russia for a second. Okay. Uh, you mentioned Adzun and indeed in your shout yep. outs, but mm-hmm. Upwork, ticker symbol UPWK, announced Monday that it is suspending business operations in Russia and Belarus. The move, which will fully take effect May 1st, is starting with the shutting down of support for new business generation in each country. Existing contracts with talent and clients in the region will remain open with final billing due May 1st. In the, quote, web, mobile, and software development category, Russia and Belarus represent about 10% of Upwork's talent pool. The Washington Post wrote this will impact tens of thousands of workers and just announced, not to be outdone, Upwork competitor Fiverr has pulled the plug on Russia as well. So much for Putin's career ambitions to be an app developer. Chad, your thoughts?
1: Yeah, pretty simple. All of the work that Russians were performing, no more. All of the money Russians were putting in their bank accounts for Upwork gigs and now Fiverr gigs. No more. Uh, We we talked about it again on the Europe show this week. Uh, It's a boa constrictor. As long as we continue to drop sanctions and companies continue pulling out, Russia will be financially brought to their knees. The thing is, we have to continue to roll out sanctions. We have to continue the pressure. And this, I think, this type of pressure and then pressure that we're seeing from around the world. There's a unification that's happening right now, and it's pretty amazing to watch.
2: Yeah, I was uh, there's a, a Thomas Friedman article uh, that came out I think yesterday. This Love is Thursday him. that we record this, and and basically said that we've dropped the equivalent of an atomic bomb economically um, on Russia, and the hits just keep on coming. Um, as you've mentioned, since our European show, McDonald's, Coke. Uh, Pepsi, I think Morgan Stanley or one Great of the names. biggest banks there is pulling out. But so so this to me is big news and it's in our space. And I was kind of wondering if these two companies, Fiverr and Upwork, uh, would make the move. Uh, no disrespect to Adzuna or Indeed, uh, who pulled out of Russia, but Upwork and Fiverr are big. Uh, Also, by the way, no word from France's freelance.com on what it'll do. Oh, but Russia, Russia basically has four industries, uh, oil, steel, hackers, and hookers. Uh, They have a thriving community of developers that are really smart and really, uh, really good that are making, frankly, a good living on gig platforms that they didn't have uh, before. Fiverr and Upwork have been an on-ramp for them to have a better life. And that's gone now, um, at least temporarily, and maybe even longer um, in terms of, of fear of Russia grows, right? Like, even right. if this is over, how likely are you to hire a Russian? developer uh, probably not anytime soon uh, fair or not um, I also wonder if this will drive more developers to attack the West in revenge if I'm a developer that all my work has been pulled for me do I suddenly feel an urge to like stick it to Western companies um, yeah. But more importantly I think it will lead to a mass exodus of fantastic talent out of Russia uh, assuming yes. they can get out mm-hmm. um, and co- coming into Western companies so from an employment perspective uh, particularly in Europe, I think there's going to be an influx of developers and, and tech talent from Russia um, that are really change the landscape for a lot of com- companies. Frankly, you know, this to me, this isn't McDonald's shutting down. This is much bigger than that. Even though it won't get nearly the play, um, you know, on the news and, and TV and whatnot, because these, this, you know, not being able to have a Big Mac is one thing, but lo- losing my livelihood in the snap of a finger. Is a huge deal to tens of thousands of people uh, that frankly have nothing to do with this war, but now have to deal with the consequences. And I think that uh, it's it's great that we're talking about it. And I wish more people would be talking about it because it's to me, it's bigger than Coke or McDonald's leaving Russia. Yeah.
1: Well, if you think of. The developer community, prospectively, mass exiting Russia because they can't they can't make money, right? Mm-hmm. Imagine that brain drain. I mean, that's a brain drain that Russia cannot afford. Uh, they can't afford what's going on right now. But what if that talent actually leaves and it doesn't come back, right? I mean, so that's happening. And then number two, we talked mm-hmm. about OnlyFans next week or last week where they said they're going to pull – uh, Russia, and then they're like, no, you know, w- we're not going to do that. Now they look like fucking idiots at this point because everybody, big brands are actually saying this is important. Right. And uh, now no. only fans once again, looks like a bunch of fucking idiots. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
2: if you don't do it, you look like a real asshole. Um, and, and, and in the world today where your employees, where social media um, and people call you out on this stuff, like, you know, companies are making hard decisions, Um, In some cases, it's not that hard. Russia is a pretty small uh, percentage of most companies revenue. Um, But in terms of Upwork, there's a huge number of Russian developers and and gig workers that are going to be going to be impacted by this. So hard goes out to them. And I hope that uh, they find a better, better life because they
1: have nothing to do with Putin's, uh, you know, maniacal invasion. And depending on how this turns out, if Russia keeps any land whatsoever, Mm-hmm. Right, because they've taken land. Uh, you know, this can be a sedatenland kind of thing. Uh, this could prospectively be something that th- these sanctions and, and these uh, these companies stay out for a much longer time. Yeah. And by the way, um, Ukraine is losing developers too, uh,
2: which they can freely leave to Poland and and Portugal, as you mentioned. I mean, everyone yeah. in Europe, I think hats off to them for taking refugees out of Ukraine. But that's going to be a, a lot of other developers that never go back to Ukraine because, frankly, the whole place is bombed to shit um, that are going to flood into European countries as new tech talent to those those areas as well. So, yeah,
1: interesting times. Yeah, we saw signs for Ukrainian ref- refugees at the airport yesterday. So, yeah, that it, it's happening. No
2: word yet whether or not you'll uh, open your new place to refugees, but that would be an interesting dynamic. <laughs> Why not? To your new place. <laughs> All right, let's get into some more industry-laden news. Get out of Russia for a second. Uh, Findem, an AI-powered talent sourcing and analysis platform, announced a $30 million Series B funding round. This brings Findum's total funding to thirty seven point three million dollars. Customers include Google, Adobe, and Ring Central. The company was launched in 2020. Said Farouk Lada, general manager investor at investor for Rivers, quote, Findem is applying AI to the candidate search process in a way the industry hasn't seen before. Uh-huh. And reinventing how companies <laughs> find quality talent and build great teams, end quote. Yeah. Their website touts, quote, select a sample role, click the button and get your candidate list for free,
1: end quote. Too good to be true, right, Chad? I really struggle with this right now, and I'm starting to kind of like change position with regard to what's the most important tech that's out there for any organization. Mm -hmm. Uh, Last week, you remember from uh, last week's show entitled Pretty Bias Machine that we talked about research demonstrating 92% of people who click on a job eject from the shitty user experience of the application process. Will AI and matching solve this issue? No. Will AI outreach or even human outreach solve this issue? No. It might increase the number of candidates who complete the application, but that's not really sustainable. So over, overall, Findem has some pretty big names, even a unicorn, Seekout. Uh, then you also have Eightfold, who has matching blended in. Uh, Mm -hmm. Sponsor, kernel, probably the biggest name in matching when it comes to this space. Uh, They have a lot of competition and I'm not sure that they can actually fix what's wrong with the industry. Th- the problem right now is you can give me as many qualified candidates as you can find, whether they're in my database or they're external, but I have to invite them to apply. They have to go through the application process. If they don't finish the application process, none of this matters.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But you love the name though, right? Find them. good. <laughs> They must be. They must be Midwesterners because we we're gonna go find, find them. <laughs> we to go find them, Chad. Go find them. <laughs> yeah, you know I think the bigger trend here is really interesting to me, and you you pinpointed it with the you know ninety plus percent of people click apply but never finish. People yeah. are spending more money than ever to get clicks on job postings, and the whole thing just seems like a. a you know, a hamster wheel of expense and pain and time. And then along comes this group of, of startups that say, Hey, we have 750 million profiles. Just post your job. Our AI will take care of finding these folks and bringing them into your, you know, into your, into your funnel. A lot of it sounds like crowded, like if crowded had evolved from when it like went to shit, like this might be where it would evolve too. Yes companies are looking for answers i'm not sure this is it i I agree like you know crowded failed for a reason and this model of like hey we're gonna do they spam 750 do they bring them to your door but they're not necessarily active job seekers so now you're going to bang your head against the ceiling trying to convince people who don't want to move jobs to seek out the same model yeah i mean it does it work i don't know but You know, people seem to be a little bit sick of the spin and blast and apply and drop and model. I think you and I kind of pinpointed like, hey, if we could just fix the ATS apply situation, yeah, we might not need some of these solutions. Although some people probably like them, but yeah, I, I think you know, where the seek out, I think hirees with their pivot sounds more like this model. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and where it goes, I don't know. Their their founder has no previous HR experience, um, so I think that's a little bit of a strike uh, to them. But the future of job postings, is that in question? Does it become stronger if these guys fail? I think those are questions that will be interesting to, to answer in the next uh, few years.
1: Yeah, I think I think companies should be looking at tech like this, right? But the thing is that they should also understand that they need to fix the application process. There's only one company I know who doing it. Neither one of us, I don't believe, are actually affiliated with them, mm-hmm. but that's JobSync. JobSync actually allows this whole application process to just go in the wind, right? They, they are really just the, the easy button for a candidate to apply to jobs. Mm-hmm. And if companies institute JobSync because they don't, they can't just get out of their own fucking way and have a user experience that's worth a shit, Plug into JobSync, and then, and then, kids, this will probably be the best tech you ever buy. After JobSync, you buy tech like uh, SeekOut or TextKernel or them, something like this. Then it's worth your dime, right? It's it's going to be worth your dime, but you got to fix the apply process. And if you're too fucking lazy to do it, buy JobSync. <laughs> Nice plug for
2: that, Murphy. Murphy's going to send you another koozie. Uh, yeah, that just came out hour, of the I air, think. too. That just came out of the I have no, I have no affiliation with them uh, either, okay. just for the record. Um, well, someone who might be on the right track and a model that you might uh, might approve of is uh, our friends at Rejig. Wait a, minute, wait, a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Find them s- and rejig. S- we get
1: find them, and now we got rejig. <laughs> That's
2: right. Don't rejig them. Find them <laughs> anyway. The Sydney, Australia-based Rejig announced a $21 million Series A funding round led by Skip Capital. That sounds made up. The company basically (laughs) brings workforce agility to your organization so that you can find, move, and upskill. That's a good word. Rejig reports its platform uses data from ATSs, vendor management systems and other sources to create skills profiles of workers, current employees, as well as contingent workers, gig workers, previous applicants, interns, alumni, and referrals. Wow, they covered the whole gamut on that. Rejig (laughs) also extracts information on workers from schools, transcripts, resumes, and profiles on LinkedIn, among other sources. In addition, Rejig named Jonathan Reyes as in-house work futurist, that sounds awesome, to spearhead growth in the U.S. (laughs) Uh Has previously served as global head of talent mobility and talent acquisition operations at Uber. The company was founded in 2019. Well, you can't get behind. Find them. can you? Rejig them, Chad.
1: Yeah, so a platform like this should sit inside of every human capital management system, which encapsulates data to drive talent management and internal mobility. So all that other fluff that was in that, their PR department, their marketing department needs to keep it simple for all the stupid people out there who are buying shit, right? Yep. Focus on the talent management piece, Mm -hmm. focus on the internal mobility piece. Yes, you can get data from all those different internal sources, totally get that to build more of a fluid profile. I love that. The -hmm. thing is, you have to focus on one area that can actually get you into these organizations or into these, these platforms and prospectively acquired. There aren't really many great tech platforms that are out there today for talent management and internal mobility. Is this one? I don't know. I've never actually played with it, but I do know that every company that's out there today is talking about internal mobility and they are shit at it.
2: Yeah. To me, this, this sort of flips the other side of the coin of, gee, we're tired of people applying and falling out and we're tired of spending more money. So on one end you have with find them like, Hey, we have 700 million plus profiles that we can tap into when you post your opportunity. And then on this end we have, hey, dipshit, you already have millions of people already in your ATS and already at your company. Maybe yeah. you should start tapping into those folks, which, gee, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, and I think Rejig is trying to, to do that. Um, they obviously don't. Uh, they're not for lack of competition. There are a lot of companies trying to do this. Um, Seekout, for example, we know that their grand vision uh, talking to a noop and if you haven't listened to that interview, you should, kids, uh, talking about the grand vision of kind of cradle to grave with uh, with employees. We know that, People like Paradox are looking to a more extensive relationship with onboarding and helping yeah. people in- internally. So, this is going to be, I think, a really hot space to watch. Rejig is maybe really ripe for acquisition uh, here in the near term. Uh, <coughs> seek, if you're looking for anyone to buy, mm-hmm. um, uh, this would make an interesting addition to your portfolio. So, so I like this company. I agree with you. I haven't sort of dug into it uh, because they're in Australia. We don't talk to a lot of their customers here in the States. They're using them and they seem to still be fairly regional in what they're doing, but this money that they have now uh, should enable them to, to grow into us and and European markets. So yeah, on one end you have external. How do we, how do we capture that? And rejig looks at, Hey, internally, how do we get uh, your current bench? activated and and into the uh, into your open role. So interesting sides of the coin there, Chad.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They're a data company, so they should be doing everything behind the scenes, integrating with applicant tracking systems, getting into their marketplaces, those types of things. That'll make it easier to be able to invade the U.S. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, but I mean, because you don't need a shit ton of, of marketing behind it. You just need a great partnership team and you need great partnerships with Mm -hmm. uh, those, those applicant tracking systems. So yeah, I, they, they have a chance because the model should lean itself to not, having to spend a shit ton of cash in the U.S. to be able to get here. Right on. Let's take a break and play a little buy or sell, which I don't
2: think we've done in a while. I'm pretty excited about it.
1: Human resources is supposed to be about humans. I mean, it's right there in the name. But when your hiring team is more like an assembly line glued to their computers, manually posting heaps of jobs everywhere they can think of, that human part feels nowhere to be found. This is a new era. Pando IQ takes the mind-numbing copy-pasting and nerve-wracking guesswork out of the job posting process. When you plan a hiring campaign with Pando IQ, you tell us who you need. Then, before you ever spend a cent, we predict what it will cost to find them. Pando IQ chooses the ideal recruiting sites from thousands of options targeting the ones your next great hire frequently visits, then fires off your ads at precisely calculated times, surfacing the most relevant applicants for you to pick from. Now you're free to get to know the best talent, build great teams, and take care of your humans. PandoIQ will do the rest, so you can get back to doing what the computers can't. For more information on PandoIQ, go to Pandologic.com. That's Pandologic.com. All right,
2: Chad, you ready to play a little buy
1: or sell torque me, baby,
2: torque, torque me, baby. All right. You know how this goes. We cover three startups that have recently gotten money. We read a summary and we both either buy or sell the opportunity. First up is torque T O R C. The cast of Jersey shore has a startup, Chad. Uh, <laughs> these, guys, these guys are quite a piece of work from their online photos and PR materials. Anyway, Talent marketplace Torque this week announced its public launch and funding to the tune of $5 million in seed capital. Torque connects businesses with software developers based on enterprise demands and developer productivity. Money will be used to scale the business, said Frank D'Souza co-founder of investor recognize and torque board chair quote torque differentiates itself in the talent matching space with its use of AI security and marketplace dynamics to identify the most talented and productive engineers in the world End quote Michael Morris is co-founder and CEO he is an economic software development expert and former CEO of crowdsourcing marketplace top coder Chad, are you buy or sell on
1: torque So, talent marketplaces are a very big piece of the workforce now, and it will become a much larger proportion in the very near future, especially for these types of positions. Now, the biggest difference between all of these startups busting into the space is one thing, that's leadership, and with D'Souza, Biederman, and morris who did sell top coder back in 2016 Mm -hmm. uh, as co-founders to me this is an easy buy easy buy all right well chad you know
2: you know i like a good wave uh i've never (laughs) surfed before but if i'm riding a wave i want to ride a good wave instead of trying to surf a bad wave and (laughs) that makes sense Space. Is just hot. It's smoking. Look, you've got the talent behind it. You have people needing developers. They're spending money like mad. Um, the timing in terms of this business and the wave that they're on is uh, is is super uh, super juicy. So for me, this is an easy buy. I love it. I love it. It's a it's a strong buy as a flip. Um, I think they could take this $5 million and turn it into $250 million or so. Yeah. Uh, so as a flip, I love it. As a longer-term business, I'm still going to buy it. <laughs> Torque is a winner from the Chad and Cheese podcast. Now we'll go into Instant Teams, the remote talent marketplace platform that builds and manages remote teams from a 26,000-plus member database of And this is important. Military connected, remote certified workers has announced a series, a funding round of 13 million dollars led by our friends at Tiger Global. Founded in 2016, the Delaware based company counts Amazon and Walmart as customers. They provide, quote, instant access to pipelines of remote skill ready talent in customer support, sales, data analytics and operational support roles, end quote. The company currently employs over 500 remote team members across the globe and has seen 346% growth in the last 12 months. Chad, you know a little thing about the military. Are you buying or selling instant
1: teams? Yeah, these these ladies have mad skills. Uh, this was a, a very smart and very fast pivot from a basic military spouse job board. Mm-hmm. Uh, that 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 site was actually called Mad Skills, and then about eighteen months ago, during the pandemic, they pivoted into Instant Teams. Uh, the workforce they originally focused on was incredibly niche. It, spouses, military, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. But it looks like they're opening it up into an outsourcing platform for more than just military spouses and military veterans. I mean, anybody with the, the, the skill sets that it looks like that they're trying to target. So I think if they're looking to open that up some, uh, both of these these co-founders, military spouses, mm-hmm. and some of the greatest experience I've actually seen in my military uh my military time were military spouses. They were some of the smartest freaking people that I've I've ever witnessed. And probably because they had to be so adaptable because they were mm-hmm. changing all the time. They were, they're moving from location to location. Well, this allows them to embrace that remote dynamic and carry, you know, again, kind of like a an outsourcing slash RPO mm-hmm. setup. So I love it. I think it's incredibly smart in their pivots and how quickly they pivoted uh, makes me want to buy this.
2: And by the way, Chad, you work in recruiting, so you know a lot of smart people. So that says something <laughs> that these are some of, that does some of the smart people. Uh, yeah, anyway, good point. yeah. So so to you me insert sarcasm here. Yeah, sarcasm here. So <laughs> so remember when Facebook was like EDU email addresses only, and then yeah. that was super successful, and then they said, Oh shit, let's just open this fucker up to the whole world. You know, I, I think I thought of that when when I read about these ladies. And and you're right, like companies want to use these these This service, they need this service and they feel good about it because they're helping out, you know, veteran families. And then now these companies, maybe they run out of database. Maybe the people are like shrunk or whatever. But like so opening this thing up with the tech that they have uh, and the 13 million that they've just gotten, I think probably some of that round was like, oh, we'll open it up to the world. And I think that it, you know, the the ramp up to success is probably going to be pretty easy. I don't know how the fuck they employ five hundred people, even though they're remote. That seems a little crazy to me, but uh, that's probably a little bit skewed to short-term contractors or somebody made us a banner ad back in February. So we'll count them as an (laughs) employee. So I'm not sure about that number, but overall, yeah, I mean, this feels like it grew organically. It grew out of sort of love for the military community. And now it's just, it's just taken on a life of its own prime time. And it's off to the races now. Let's get to uh, our third and final participant in buyer sell Dawn day. Where? I think that's Kanye's new album. The Salt Lake City, Utah-based platform for Time Off announced a $3.3 million funding round. That's seed funding this week. Dawn Day provides a platform for Time Off, which helps organizations attract and retain top talent with travel savings accounts, proprietary travel bookings technology, and tools to reward and bonus employees with experiences. Everybody loves experiences. Since launching (laughs) its product in March of 21, the company has brought on 31 customers, including Uh Traeger Grills. If you've never had a rack of ribs on a Traeger Grill, Chad, you haven't lived yet. The company tends to use the funds to introduce its platform to the wider market. Got to love their slogan. Better time off means better time on. Chad, are you buying or selling
1: Donde? Well, I love the name Donde. You know what that means, right? Where? Yeah, where in, in Spanish. That's pretty is nice. Is it in Portuguese too? Uh, Donde? Yeah, no, I don't know. Donde uh. es casa de sowash? <laughs> That's what I'm going to ask when I get off the, the plane. Man, I, I love this idea. The problem is employers keep saying they want you to take a vacation, but the lion's share really don't mean it kind of like hiring diverse candidates or hiring veterans many just smile and say what you want to hear and then nothing happens so most employers don't believe it's their job to make your time off awesome and they really don't want you to take it anyway so i love this idea the problem is you're working with a bunch of assholes uh so i hate the market it's a sell oh
2: all right. Well, uh, blame millennials, obviously, Chad, uh, <laughs> that want experiences. So the future is all about I it. I
1: want experiences. Are you fucking kidding me? Yes. Yeah,
2: the, the new Booking.com commercial with Ewan McGregor, where he's like, Will you really <laughs> die wanting a thinner TV? No, you want to. So I agree yes. with that. But yes, it's it's obviously huge uh, with that generation. And I to me, employers are smart to tap into that desire, right? Uh, to mm-hmm. have these experiences, I think makes a lot of sense. Um, the pandemic ending means there's a lot of pent up demand to get the hell out of the house. Maybe work from home engagement is partially, uh, bent upon company or companies helping people get the hell out of their house and get the hell out of, uh, you know, their dog whining and their cat howling at the moon. (laughs) Maybe, maybe this is too close to home for me, Um, but, but, but getting, but getting out and helping employees, um, I love the savings account thing. I don't know if it's like they can set up a, a tax-free savings account or something, but that to me is genius. I think it's a brilliant idea. I think the timing is right, and maybe it's just because I want to get the hell out of the house. But I am buying Donde, Donde, Donde S Casa de Soash. All right, let's take a quick break, and uh, we'll talk about the future of recruiting conferences.
0: And wasted spending. And hello to optimized automated campaigns that produce qualified applicants. At Acquire ROI, we make job advertising easy. Visit us at acquireroi.com and start transforming your talent acquisition today.
2: All right, Chad, let's talk recruiting conferences. And you and I are excited to get back out there. But uh, as we know, as we know, the pandemic put a serious monkey wrench. In the recruiting conference business. Most made an attempt at virtual events, but I think we all mostly agree virtual events suck. Most who went to HR Tech last year said it was anemic in attendance with mostly vendors that were there. Now with the pandemic mostly over, we're ready to get back out there, right? Mm -hmm. Well, maybe not. Uh, While some shows like England's Fest are looking good so far. Others like yeah. Unleash, JobGate, and ERE look a little thin from our viewpoint. Unleash moved its March event to the U- in the U.S. Uh, to May. ERE is sticking with virtual events this spring without their usual who's who of sponsors, yeah. showing only three sponsors for their April digital-only event. Uh, we're wow. not going to count the SourceCon Academy because they own it. Uh, Speaking of SourceCon, their digital event in March has a dozen sponsors, which is still kind of low for a SourceCon event. Uh, The number of dollars that are going into the recruiting space seems like that should be something that they'd be interested in. And then we have JobGate, the job board industry conference uh, that's known for its global presence. They have canceled shows that were to take place in London and San Diego uh, in 2021 and 22, respectively. Chad, it's not buy or sell. But where would you put your money on the future of recruitment conferences?
1: I think there's no question. I believe we're going to have to focus on the experience. It's got to be different. It just can't be come into a room and listen to somebody talk. Yep. You know, when you when you think about uh, in Unleash, I mean, we went to Paris uh, for Unleash. That was an entirely different experience. I was more immersive. Mm-hmm. Really enjoyed that. Uh, we'll see what uh, Unleash America looks like. I, I believe... We will see more of that. Also, Wreckfest, you're talking about like an, an outdoor, you know, it's, it's like a concert type yeah. of uh, situation. You know what I mean? It's, it's the experience. What are you going to do to create an experience that is incredibly immersive, so different, but something that is engaging as well? I'm not sure that Jobgate ever provided that before. I love the people that were over there, but it was, hey, let's go to a really cool place and go into a room. You know, and and that's not. I don't think what people are looking for. I think we need to see an evolution of mm-hmm. what events look like. And I'm not sure a lot of these companies can do it. So there's going to be a thinning of the herd, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And when Sherm's main stage speaker, and they're pushing this out there for everybody to know, is Tim Tebow. What the? And that's a big fucking event, right? What the fuck does that actually say? Tim Tebow at Sherm. Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills.
2: So can we blame the millennials on this one too? <laughs> uh, clearly, I think we're in, we're in uncharted territory. Um, yeah. If a digital conference can make more from attendees than sponsors then I guess that's one route that you can take. And maybe that's, you know, where ERE is headed. If companies don't want employees to travel, then it's advantage digital uh, event. I think Mm -hmm. digital events suck. (laughs) I think you do too. And everyone I've talked to thinks they suck. So advantage long-term to me is in person. Uh, I think vendors want to get back and we know they have the money to spend on marketing um, at these events. But the attendees, to me, is the big question because you can't have one without the other. I mean, probably not anyway. Uh, Once we get to HR Tech in Vegas and Unleash in Paris this fall, I think we'll have a much better idea of where conferences and the future of conferences uh, is going. It may also be evident that conferences need to start appealing to younger audiences, to your point. Uh, RecFest and Nebworth – which is basically a circus uh for a day so the commitment's not huge it's a party it's a good time you learn some yeah. stuff while you're there that's not your your granddaddy's conference right and the old timey events should take note of that conferences aren't dead uh people still want to rub together and get sticky Fuck yeah as our yeah. as our friend uh friend would say but they probably need to evolve and uh, evolve to thrive and that'll be tough for a lot of events but i think that the the And I think HR tech needs to crank it up a little bit in terms of creativity. Unleash in Paris as an experience, particularly for uh, for the U.S. But conferences are not dead, Chad. And that's why we're launching the Chad and Cheese Conference from Bora Bora in 2023, everybody. Bora Bora 2023. Let's do it. Oh, fuck that.
1: (laughs) We We out. Thank you for listening to what's it called?